It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. Do you like the morning show? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the morning show. My name is Dave Hollis. Who are you? Noah. Noah Hollis. Welcome, Noah Hollis. Noah, what's happening today with your outfit? You see? All right. Oh. Noah's wearing a stylish summer tank top to finish off the fall. It's got stripes. And you have some nice pink shorts on today. I'm here for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how was your Thursday? What did you do yesterday? Uh, did you go to my gym? No. I thought you said you were going to go to my gym. Uh, you didn't go. I need to go. Oh, I thought you climbed Whoa. the Wait, I thought you climbed the wall. Hold on. Can I show you a picture? Yeah. I, I got a picture of you climbing the actual wall. Yeah. Are, are you a liar? Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. I hate to bring that up. Deceit is not a part of our <laughs> life, but it feels like you should be honest about what you've done in your life. Um, okay, look. Look at this. You're climbing. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is my daughter scaling a dang wall, though. Can I see it? You can see it. Look at that picture. You are climbing on the wall like a big girl. Look at this. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, she's a rock climber. I mean, give can me I a break. It? You want one more? Yeah. Look at you. This is you almost at the top. Whoa. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, climb a wall on a Friday, though. Can I see it? You can see it? Sure. Oh, there you were doing your push-ups. Yeah. Were you stretching out? Yeah. I love it when you do your exercises. Can you give a little, can we do a little gun show? Can you show me your muscles? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let's stand up. Give me, give me a full pose down. Muscles. Now bring it down here. Now back up top. Now say, welcome to the gun show. No, no, no. Say, welcome to the gun show. It's not strong enough. Welcome to the gun show. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, lady, will you take Jackson to school for me? Yeah. Okay. I'll be back. Will you be back in a minute? Yeah. I love you. All right. Oh, close that door on your way out. Good morning, y'all. Welcome. You got it? Okay, she got it. All right. Welcome to the Start Today Morning Show. My name is Dave. Listen, uh, I'm here by myself today. I was here by myself on Wednesday. Why am I here by myself twice in one week? It's because Rachel Hollis is busy. Dang it. Uh, she is in real time flying to Nashville, Tennessee. She's about to get her Nashville on. So... Get your hearts ready, Nashville. Oh, uh, I hope everybody is having a fantastic start to their Friday. I worked out in the old garage gym this morning. I'm going to tell you right now, Texas is bringing the humidity, though. I think I lost 80 pounds in the gym this morning. Bless it. It was hot out there. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I had this experience yesterday. Uh... It's an interesting thing. Ray and I were 
uh, on our date night last night. We thought our date night was being preempted by Sawyer's baseball game. And then God intervened because he knew we needed to go get some eats on. And he sent rain over field four so that uh, there was no baseball game. So thank you for the rain. Now we're going to have, you know, one of those weeks not long from now where there's 17 makeup baseball games all in the same week. But we'll brace ourselves for that. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw in Houston, you guys have had some crazy weather, too. So hoping everything's OK there. Um, but I had this thing. We were talking about it at dinner. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to talk about this on the morning show that nobody is talking about. And that is I got it's so exciting and it's terrifying, uh, but it's mostly exciting. The like the they call it the proof. It's like the version of what your book is going to look like when they actually print it and put it inside of a, a, like a hard cover. You know, they put in the books these days, they take written words and they type them onto pages and then they put them together in a bound like thing. And then it's a book. And when they send you, I'm going to show you a picture because it's like, holy, literally, holy cow. Um, I got a picture. I got like the PDF of Here's what it's going to look like. Here's what the graphics are going to look like. Here's what the typeface is going to look like. Here's how chapter one will start. And here's how they're going to break these things. And I like, I like had a gasp. I gasped because I'm excited. And it's, um, here's the thing. I'm super biased. This book is amazing. Uh, Like (laughs) what author doesn't think that their own book is amazing. I'm super, super proud of this book. But this book writing journey has been a thing that has provoked crazy emotions every single step of the way. And the emotions are, I think, an analogy for so many things that any of us in this community are pursuing if we're reaching for an exceptional version of life. So I thought I would just like spend today talking a little about the lessons that I've learned and continue to learn because I'm learning a lesson just from yesterday um, about this process of writing a book. Will it be an audiobook? Darn right, it's going to be an audiobook. I am recording every single page of this darn audiobook myself. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But first, I'm just going to show you real quick because, gosh, it's like, uh, it's such an exciting thing to see it in real life. Where is it? Where are you? Where are you, book? Uh, hold on. Got to find my editor. There it is book open i'm not going to show you the whole darn thing but just look at this look at this first page if you don't get excited for this i don't even know why we're here look at this i know it's backwards on uh instagram but on facebook you can see it's right there it's like in this beautiful it looks it looks like a book this is what books look like and then you get to the, the table of contents. This is the first page of the table of contents. I mean, what in the world? Here, I'm going to get closer for Facebook so you can see what, like, it's a real, it's a dang book. There are literally 213 pages of good things written down on paper. But I got this and my enthusiasm was like, Sky high. I'm like, I am here for this. It looks like a real book. Let's go. Where's the time machine? I want to get to March 10th, 2020. And then almost immediately after, I was like, oh my goodness, people are going to read this book. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to ask people 
that I respect who have written books to read my book to endorse this book. I, I, oh my goodness, my family, I'm going to have to send them copies and I, they're going to have to read this book. And this thing that was like crazy, crazy exciting almost immediately went to the kind of fear that like through this process has sometimes tried to take my legs out from under me. And I just want to talk honestly about the crazy balance. If you are a creator of anything, if you are interested in impact in any way, you are going to have to become comfortable with the discomfort of criticism as a potential of fear or insecurity as a potential as of the like worry of what people might think as a potential of things that could trip you up because if you want to i love you i love you i love your pineapple backpack i'll see you in a little bit all right have fun if you um, are interested truly in having an impact on the world or the people at least around you in your world, if you are interested in unlocking the potential that has been provided to you by the creator of you and the universe, if you want to unlock that potential, you are going to have to decide to push through the impulses to not stick your head up, the impulses to not put your work out there, the impulses to not you know, set yourself up to potentially be criticized. I put up a post just before I came on because I was thinking about what I wanted to say. And I, there are things that we individually have that could affect a hundred people in the world, but because it might be criticized by 10 people, we tend to stop ourselves from making a hundred people happier. A hundred people have a better life. A hundred people feel fed because of the worry of what 10 people who are not interested in the thing that we're bringing might say about feeding those hundred. And that is crazy. That is cuckoo. Oh, are you still there? I still love you. Oh my goodness. Your tank top is working today. Thank you for being here. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like we tend to focus on the possibility of having 10 people criticize our work instead of the hundred people that would have a better life for the light we might shine on them. And we have to just like become comfortable with this reality because it's either or. Either you're going to unlock the passion and potential of your heart and it is going to have the impact that you hope for, the kind of impact at the end of your life you can be like solidly grateful for the impact and the decisions that you made or you are going to give away the possibility of affecting other people's lives because of the way you're focusing on the 10 people out of the versus the 100 people. You're going to focus on the like want to not be criticized. If you're working on impact, it's a choice to have impact and criticism or no impact and your belief that you can control criticism. And here's the reality. You will be criticized even if you don't go out and have the impact that you want to have. So if you're going to be criticized, like your brain has tricked you. Your brain is tricking you every single day into believing that if you don't do the thing that you feel called to do, it might keep people from criticizing you, but you're going to be criticized either way. So if criticism is going to come either way from people who are not 
here for what you have to offer, you might as well just go be the light. You might as well just go and feed the people who are interested in the food you have to offer. You wouldn't stop yourself from feeding the hungry because someone was worried about what kind of food you were going to feed them. If you had food to feed the hungry, you'd feed them. And some of you are worrying about whether or not the kind of food you have to feed is going to be acceptable in the eyes of people who are not even a part of this dang conversation. Before I started writing this book, I actually dealt with the self-doubt of, do I have the capacity to the capability? Do I have the words? Do I have the stories? Am I qualified as a storyteller to actually put together 61,206 words? And the reality is, I know that I'm a good writer. I knew I could do it. And yet, when I decided to do something that I had not done previously, those self-doubts came rushing in. Other people have done this that are more qualified. Other people have done this that had more experience. They were trained more classically in how to write a book. And I never had any kind of official training and not having any kind of official training was something that was a block for me, right? God doesn't call, I love this line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal it because I use it. I used it through this journey all the time. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Right? Like, I knew that there was something in what I had to say that was going to be a light for people who were struggling, a light for people who were stuck because of their fixed mindset, a light for people who were extrinsically motivated or that struggled with internal motivation, a light for people who were skeptical of tools. And I had to stay connected to the reality that I have these gifts, that I can bring this light to the people who need this food. And it's going to come at the expense of people being critical, and that's okay. I mean, I have to say it out loud to myself because it's still a thing. I dealt with it yesterday that I struggle with, but that is okay. I wrote a book that was my attempt at a version of my wife's most successful commercial enterprise, period. Girl, Wash Your Face was the second best-selling book in 2018. It has almost sold 4 million copies. The bar that has been set for what this book is, is so high that the voice in my head was, I cannot. There's no way that I can try and follow up something that is like this because I've never done anything. So if I end up doing something that's down here, if I end up doing something that's down here, I'm going to be judged for this, de this delta, this distance. What I'm not realizing is all of the value down here that I'm providing for people. Right? I'm focusing on the distance between what my wife created and what I might create instead of focusing on how much value I might actually deliver. And I'm not trying to rewrite a book that she wrote. I'm writing a book from my perspective. I'm not wired like her at all. And there are plenty of people, many of you that are listening right now, that are not motivated like the unicorn that my wife is. She is the most motivated person on earth. I am not motivated at all. If you're not motivated like I'm not motivated, good news. I've got a great book that talks about how I had to get out of my own way and engineer a life that would manufacture motivation since it doesn't exist in my life on the regular. The other thing that was interesting in this 
and will be interesting for you if you decide to pursue creating something that you have never created before, if you decide to create something that's actually going to have meaningful impact in the world, it was hard. It, it, it was hard to do. This book was crazy hard for me to write. It is the hardest thing that I have ever done. I've worked for 26 or so years in the world. I've had many, many jobs, huge teams. I have done big, huge things. This book, writing this book was the hardest thing I have ever done, which is why finishing this book was the most satisfying thing that I have ever, ever accomplished. My pride in this book, that this book will live as a part of the legacy of my impact on this planet for the rest of time, is part of what made the hardness worth it. And if you want to do something that you hope to have that kind of pride for, it is going to be hard. Because if it's not hard, it ain't going to have the impact. If it's not hard, you probably didn't, in my case, right? I could have written a book that was about the experience that I had working in sales and some sales tips without getting into any personal stories, right? I used to be the head of distribution at the Walt Disney Studios, and here are some practical tips on how to get into a better negotiating position with more leverage. Instead, I told 20 ridiculously transparent and authentic and vulnerable stories about the times that I am not proud of in my life where I stepped on my own foot, tripped myself up, got stuck in the hopes that as people relate, and you will, because there's, there's so much relatability to struggle and tripping that as you relate and can understand how I had to, again, engineer things in my life to get out of the things that I was previously believing that I now don't, it's, it's going to be a valuable tool because of how hard it was to be that honest about these things that I'm not proud of. And the crazy thing is when I started writing this book, because it's about a year ago that I started writing the book, I was not in the position that I am in right now where I am so, so confident in the power of me being honest about the stuff that has stunk in my life. Most of the things that I created myself that you will relate to because you create the same things self-sabotage, making choices that don't serve you, coping in ways that are unhealthy, all of these things because I went there. And the point of me bringing this up is if you want to have impact, right? You can take an easy road. You can take an easy road and have impact doing a thing that doesn't really require you to be vulnerable or honest about the humanity that you possess. And it will come at the expense of you actually connecting to the people that you're hoping to impact. This book is going to change lives because of the way that I was willing to walk into and have crazy hard conversations. I mean, I'll even say this, this is bananas, but one of the superpowers of my wife is one of the things that I love most about her and frankly, that have provoked the hardest things in our life. When I need an accountability partner, this woman is my account accountability partner and vice versa. But her form of accountability with me is overwhelming direct communication. And we have agreed, especially as we're in the season of working together, that we don't have time to let little things fester into big things. We are going to be direct. In the book, 
in more than a couple of chapters, I have included the verbatim emails that this woman in her using superpowers had to hit me in the head with to help me get out of my own way. And to be like, honestly, sharing sharing that note, sharing the note about drinking, sharing the note about how I need to like show up and lead this company well, that sharing those things was a decision that I made because I want to model for the people who are looking for how do you actually have accountability in a relationship that matters, how you can do it and it's going to pierce your soul. It's going to make you feel shame that you have to push aside and realize, you know what, I'm not going to feel shame. I'm going to feel called to step forward and do something about this feedback from this person who loves me more than anyone else. So if you want to do something that's going to have impact, choose the hard path and find a way to vulnerably and authentically connect with the people you're hoping to impact and you'll be ready to go. Another thing I learned on this, writing a book requires every single day commitment to finishing the book. You have to every day get a word count in. I was going every day for 500 to 1,000 words, every single day. It didn't matter what day it was, every day once I started, I had to do it. And what I wanna say here, the life lesson, the lesson for whatever you're trying to pursue, if you wanna do the hardest thing that's gonna have maximum impact, you have to commit to doing it every day. The reason why we're so cuckoo about our morning routine and doing our like gratitude practice and our intentional goal setting, we do it every day, every day, every day, because priming yourself to have the kind of day that you wanna have is the way that you have the kind of day that you wanna have. And forcing myself into a habit that had me writing every day, had me not questioning if I was gonna get back at it tomorrow. Even Saturdays and Sundays, even Saturdays and Sundays, even on holidays, even on holidays, even when you're on vacation, even when you're on vacation. If you wanna have a life that looks a certain way, you need to find a way to engineer that life with the habits and routines that you know will help you get to where you wanna go. I had to do it every day. And the great thing was, I walked into it not loving the idea of doing it every day, but I did it every day. I didn't necessarily feel like I was going to be able to do it every single day. Did it every single day. I didn't, like I walked in some days with confidence, ooh, I got a great story to tell. And I walked in other days not thinking I could actually put the words on the paper and I did it every single day. And what it did was it trained my brain that if you commit to doing something every single day, even on the days when you don't feel like it, even the days when you're not inspired, even on the days when you doubt your ability to do it, you can do it. And once you prove yourself that you can do it, it unlocks this like, oh my goodness, what else can I do? Got to get into a habit loop that gets you prepared for the kind of life, the kind of work, the kind of thing that you want in your life. One of the things that I learned on this journey, if you ever want to write a book, you will find this, I promise you. Writing 60,000 words is the thing that you're shooting for in a nonfiction book. When you get to 30,000 words, when you get halfway through writing 60,000 words, you will have a moment where you believe 
that you are out of words, that you're out of original ideas, that you've told all of the good stories, that there's maybe not a way to finish this thing that you've started, that you start to question, did I already repeat some of what I wrote? Is there something that in like me wanting to keep going that maybe I'm getting proof in real time that I don't have it to finish? If you're going to do something hard, if you're going to do something that's going to have maximum impact, if you're going to do something that you've got to do every single day, you're going to hit a point in your journey where you question if you still have what it takes to do the thing that you're going to do. In writing, the, the, the second 30,000 words were hard. They were hard. Because like a lot of you, you get a task list, you have a list of stuff that you got to do for some big dream, some big project, and you just start checking off the easiest things. And when you're writing, I, my writing process started like this. Make a list of the, I picked 30 and then culled it down to 20. Pick the 30 most memorable, like teachable, hardest, embarrassing, like shame-filled moments of your life. Go ahead and write them on down. I, I did this terrible thing. I stubbed my toe here. I made this mistake. I had this assumption that was wrong. I wrote them all down. Then I said, what is the lesson? What's the learning in this? And I started, right? What stories do you think I told first? I told the stories that I was most passionate about. I told the stories that I knew I could really reach the reader with, that I knew would be unbelievably connecting tissue-wise. I did all of the stories that were the easy ones. And most of those stories, if I'm going to be totally honest, weren't as vulnerable. They weren't as impactful. The best work I did was the second half of the book. The best work I did wasn't the stories I could easily tell. The best work I did was talking about struggling with coping mechanisms that didn't serve me, struggling with a marriage that I was hoping for, but I was showing up down here. The, the, the hardest things that I had to talk about, I didn't want to write about at the beginning because I was uncomfortable with that. So you're going to hit a point where it feels hard and you have to push yourself through that hard barrier, through that hard threshold, because once you do, that's when some of your best work is going to come. Finishing the work was such an incredible feeling and finishing the work was not the finish line. And this was something that like messed with my brain. It messed with me. I got done with what for me felt like coming into this room where we are sitting and writing every single day. And every day in some way felt like I was sitting at my therapist's office putting the things I might normally say on a couch to a human named Deborah into a computer on these pages for you to read. And it was oh, emotionally exhausting and hard. And I got finished and I was like, I'm done. And they were like, awesome. We'll be back to you with edits in three weeks. And I was like, oh yeah, the edits. Now, when you're a creator and you want the creation to be amazing, you want the creation to be something that can have the impact, you want the creation that can leave the legacy, you have to decide if you're going to be open to making the creation better by allowing other people to provide you feedback, or if your ego will keep the creation from being great so that you can feel better about having made something that doesn't have anyone weighing in on it. 
Opening myself to edits was brutal because all those fears at the beginning, all the things that I was worried about before I started, I've never written a book, other people have done it better. What about Rachel up here and me down here? All of those things. When I got to the editing, that's when they came back around. That's when it was like, oh yeah, you wrote the words, but did you write good words? You wrote the stories, but are they actually stories that anyone needs to hear? Because as soon as I got those edits back, I got the edits back. And when you get edits back, they do it with the, uh, like the, 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 the edits show up in red, right? The edits show up in red and you open up your document and you're like, there's a lot of red. And the thing is, I can see now that red was a gift, right? That red made my book even better. Because the objectivity of a human who just wants to make sure there's clarity in the story, the, the objectivity of a, of a human who understands how important it is to have the beginning of a chapter, the middle of a chapter, the end of a chapter flow, the way that they understand the way that one chapter flows to the next, that's not something because I've never written a book that I have expertise in. So why in the world would I have rejected someone who actually can help make me better coming into and helping me get better? When I got done writing the book, I wasn't done writing the book. I was just starting to take the beginnings, the foundation of this book and make the book what it ultimately became. And some of you are so worried about what it might mean to really be honest about your dream, really be honest about your business plan, really be honest about the passions or pursuits of your heart that you're not going to share them with someone who could speak into how you could be a better version, a better prepared, a better whatever it might be to bring that light that people so badly need. You won't even open yourself up to get the edits because you're worried about what it might mean for your ego. Get over yourself. The edits are a big part of why this book is going to be fire. This book is going to change lives. And as much as I, yep, wrote the original stories and as much as, yep, I didn't have anyone helping me write a stinking word. The questions they asked in these edits, the things that they put in, in the notes, those were the things that helped me refine the work in a way that made good exceptional. So be open to those edits. And here's the last thing. And I'm going to end on this because it's back to the very, very first point. I've now got the edits. I see my proof. I'm super excited. And the thing that triggered my anxiety yesterday, super, super honest, I have in the note, it said, hey, it's time for you to send out this proof to the people that you would like to have their names written on the back of the book as a person to say, I endorse this book. And the awesome thing, the blessing, the I mean, like I'm so, so grateful for it, of this last year plus with the success that Rachel's books have had and the work that we've been able to do on these bigger stages, we have this circle of friends now that are, they're so excited to lend their name to supporting this book. And the fact that they are, to a person, already established New York Times bestsellers, people who have written I mean, one of the people that I'm sending the book to has written 40 books. I, like the anxiety that I had of sending this to someone who has more experience, that has achieved levels of success, plays against this worry that many of us have. And that is people may not like this book. 
People may not like this book. And I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read one little thing out of this because I think it's... I, 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 people aren't going to like this book. A lot of people are going to like this book. But people aren't going to like this book. And I'm going to just, I want to just give you how I wrote it in the book because I have to reread this to remind myself of this fact. I've learned that if you don't love me, heck, if you don't like me, then I'm not for you. That goes for anything I create, including this book. If you don't like it or anything else we're producing at the Hollis Company, that just means it's not for you. I'm going to just read that line again because this is important. If you don't like it or anything else we're producing at the Hollis Company, that just means it's not for you. I mean... I really can't stand Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry if you're a Lord of the Rings person. I can't stand Lord of the Rings. One ring may rule them all, all but me. The fact that I don't like Lord of the Rings doesn't make it unlovable. How do I know this? It's one of the biggest film franchises in the universe. It spawned another trilogy called The Hobbit. Also something I can't stand and has done literally billions of dollars in the box office with millions of loyal, loving fans around the world. I'm not one of them, and me not liking it takes nothing away from how lovable it is. There are going to be people that don't like this book. There are going to be people that don't like your creation. There are people that are going to like your vision, your dream. It's not for them. Just because someone doesn't like it takes no value away from it. Me not liking these film franchises takes no value away from the impact that they have had. And the fact that there will be people that don't like what you create can't be the gate. It can't be the barrier that keeps you from creating. The world needs your creation. And you can either create and have critics or you cannot create and still have critics. So if you're going to be criticized anyway, go make something. Let's go. Dang it. I didn't even play the song this morning. It's the Start Today Morning Show. It's the morning show that no one knows and nobody's talking about. But if they were, I bet they'd say it's the best way to start today with Rach, who's not even here, and Dave. (sighs) I got to take a throat lozenge after that. I mean, that's a lot of yelling at the screen. Is that going to hurt anybody? Help any? I don't know. Folks, I got one last thing to say. Look at this. This It's the Start Today Journal, y'all. This is the last 90-day version of the Start Today Journal, y'all. We do this practice every single day. Every day I get up, I start with prayer, have some prayer time. Then I go and make my coffee, get my coffee, come back, do my start today more my start today journal work every single day gratitude intentional goal setting we are starting the last 90 days in 11 days in 11 days in 11 days if you are interested in having this very journal as a part of your last 90 days experience you got to order it by monday to assure that it gets there in time okay So uh, if you don't want to do it, by the way, if you don't want to buy one and you still want to do the practice, listen, all I care about is that you do the practice. The practice will change your life, period. So if you don't want to buy one, you don't have to buy one. 
Go listen to episode 72 of the Rise podcast and get your spiral bound notebook ready because on October 1st, as a group, we are going to do this together. And when you get out of the last 90 days, you're going to be doing live streams telling people how on fire you are for your dang life. Dang it. I'm fired up. I got to go to work. I got to go do things today. I got to go record some videos telling people about how good Get Out of Your Own Way, A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment is. If you're interested, last thing, and I'm getting off here. If you're interested in pre-ordering this book, go to getoutofyourownwaythebook.com. If you pre-order it today, in real time, you can hear the entire first 30 minutes, the audio version, me reading the first 30 minutes. I tell the story of the hardest and best conversation that Rachel and I ever had, where she called me on the carpet and challenged me to have a life instead of drowning. So if you're interested, go buy that book. Uh, I will see you all on Monday. Ray Ray Hollis will, in fact, be back from having been in Nashville. Uh, And then the countdown is on. Last 90 days is going to be here soon. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Uh, Thank you for showing up to the live stream, showing up to the morning show that nobody's talking about. Have a fantastic day. We will see you on Monday. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at The Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die. <laughs>